Hi everyone, welcome to episode two of the Fortified Coaching Podcast with me, Joe. Me, Nina. And me, Stephen. Awesome. So thanks for joining us again. So then, what has everyone been up to this week? Steve, do you want to go first? Um, well, yeah. Um, so d- a lot of the time during the week, um, with schools being closed, being kind of doing daddy daycare stuff. Um, and then trying to work on on business stuff outside of those hours, morning and, and night. Um, getting a few workouts in, walking around, trying to encourage little ones to go out for walks in the uh, in the ice and slush by making the slush kind of seem fascinating. Um, it's, it's funny, like she never wants to go out, um, but when she's out, she loves it. It's weird. Um, what else have I been doing? I've been doing a jigsaw puzzle. But this jigsaw puzzle is weird. It's called, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen them, was, was jigs or was gigs. So it, it's basically whatever the picture on the front of the puzzle isn't the picture that you actually end up with. So I've got one where the picture on the puzzle is like an old, I guess, Greek style Olympic sort of thing. But what you actually create is a modern day sort of thing with everything's in the same position, but modernized right yeah so i've been doing that to um you know keep my keep my mind busy um what else watching uh watch cobra kai season three all of that i was good that ended now got nothing to look forward to <laughs> and uh something called sneaky pete on amazon which is really good that's that's me to be fair what about you nina um, I've done lots of beach walks this week, so I'm obviously, for those that don't know, I'm lucky enough to live on a beach, nice. and um, there's quite a lot of like little pop-up coffee shops now, so there's like two like gourmet coffee shops that you can kind of walk between, which is handy because it kind of breaks up your walk on the promenade and you get yourself a little coffee, and they do things like churros and things as well, and cookies, and which is very tempting, but um, not in line with my goals right now, so I'm managing to avoid those at the moment. Avoid, but not deprive, different things. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, lots of beach walks, um, plenty of home workouts, just lots of Zooms with clients for those that kind of um, want that one-to-one kind of element. Um, and lots of films. So I've been watching the um, Marvel in the cinematic um order because i've never done it in that in the actual order that marvel was meant to kind of roll them out nice so that's been good i'm trying to think which one i'm up to i think i've just watched uh my last one was oh god i can't remember because i've watched them all that um i think i'm up to ant-man and the wasp i think pretty far along then oh yeah i've pretty much been watching like a film a night but the only thing that's a little bit annoying is spider-man isn't on disney no i'm missing the spider-mans so that's annoying but that's pretty much it what about you joe um well for the last week or so i guess um 
it's been balancing things obviously with having my daughter and things that when i'm when i've got evelyn i can't do a lot of exercise can't get out for walks do little ones but not long ones similar to steve it's like once you're out there it's fine but there's also a cut-off point of how I can't really do long walks and things. But I found that the start of the week worked really well. got lots of exercise in that I wanted to do. But then the back end of the week, like yesterday, for instance, I think I only did about 2,500 steps. So it wasn't really what I was hoping to get out of the week. But I think you've just got to get by with what you can. Um, I was really looking forward to watching uh, One Division. I started, well, there's two episodes of that uh, released on Disney. I watched two of those. bit strange. Uh, but hopefully it gets gets good. Supposed to get good it anyway. So it is weird. I have heard, yeah. I've heard not good things. That's why I've not I've not delved into it. Uh, oh, it's got loads of good reviews. Disney's sacked it off though, haven't they? No. Are you sure? I don't think they're making any more. They were only ever making six episodes or whatever. Oh, okay. I read a different review then. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, not not too much. I don't think I've been doing. Um, anything else really? No, not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Nina, I was going to, I was going to say with you living at the beach, um, I don't know if it's just the the circles I have on social media, but cold water immersion seems to be making a comeback or very big at the moment. I'm not sure what's kicked that off, but there's a lot of people doing it. Um, Yeah. I've seen quite a lot of people in the sea. sea. Oh no, I'm just, I don't deal very well with cold. Like, I mean, I suffer just doing beach walks in the freezing cold. My hands go bright white. I have that, that horrible reynards. Mm. So delving into a sea just doesn't sound appealing to me whatsoever. I mean, I've, I've heard the benefits of it. And a few clients often ask me, have you been in the sea? I'm like, no. <laughs> the north, do, many the pe- north. do many people do it near you? I do see quite a few people in the sea. Um, I don't think they're doing it for that reason, though. I think generally mm. it's people bodyboarding. Because I live like quite close to sea, and, and the harbour that they've got there, there is there's always people, and there's always people on my social media got the wetsuits on going in the sea. Yeah, loads of them. Mm. Not for me. Not for me. Right. Mm. I'd have to look into the research a bit better, but. I mean, I think the, it's probably the mindset and mental discipline benefits that that people get most out of it. Jamie Alderson does it, doesn't he? I think he yeah. spent the last lockdown going every morning. I don't know if he's still doing it now, but yeah, he was very big on it. I think there's a lot to be said for doing something with um, that takes a lot of discipline, like getting yourself out of bed when you don't want to, going in the sea at any point, not just when it's cold, but going in the sea. Um, it it's quite good probably for character building and getting into a, a routine and getting your day started off pretty well. Yeah. And uh, for, I mean, from a mindfulness point of view, if you're getting in the freezing cold, you're not going to be thinking about much else, are you? So you'll be pretty present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would think. Yeah. Cool. So then, today's podcast, we're going to talk about something that's quite relevant at the minute, um, that a lot of people have been talking about something that's called uh, diet culture. Mm. So... Bit of a, a big topic, can of worms. Yeah. Yeah. Do one of you want to tell our listeners a little bit about diet culture and what it actually means to start off with, perhaps? Yeah. Um, well, for me, so diet culture is essentially the promotion of dieting purely for how you look, and it's mainly about being thin. And that being a kind of 
determinant of your own self-worth. Um, so there's a big difference between actually dieting and then diet culture for me. And I think it's a good subject and it's a good subject for other PTs to, to listen to as well, because I think there's a lot of PTs struggling to know what's right and what's wrong at the moment because mm. of this, because of this diet culture. Um, but yeah, that's, a, that's essentially in my head, what the definition of that is. I don't know if you guys have got a different kind of interpretation of it. Yeah. Um, I, from what I've, kind of seen it looks that's kind of it um i mean there is the anti-diet movement um pretty much is against the diet culture um um and you know picking out how harmful diet culture is in terms of constantly trying to be thinner um uh and the, the negative body image and stuff like that um so yeah there's a, a there is a difference between dieting i guess for health reasons or or eating for health reasons and eating to be thin um but yeah. it's often promoted and and you know we the fitness industry probably is guilty of um i don't know promoting that a little bit promoting losing weight and stuff like that it's um a kind of a catch-22 because a lot of people um for me at the moment a lot of people that's their goal they want to lose weight so you know in order to help people you know you've got to be careful with the messaging but if you kind of let people know that you can help them lose weight but then give them more of what they need as well yeah it's just a funny one yeah, I think um, dieting culture, all dieting culture and diet culture, we're kind of in the thick of it in, in the industry that we're in, and in particularly with coaching people um, and trying to help people. Because it's all about diet culture is that, you know, if you are, it values being thin and values weight loss above kind of looking how you are right now, really. And it can create bad bad relationships with food bad relationships with your body and everything else along with that and i think when you are in our industry having it's difficult to have that balance especially when you're trying to use social media as a platform of trying to help people achieve weight loss and health better health but also you know trying not to tell people that you're only worth something if you're thin enough to be worth something yeah mm. i think um Sorry, were you finished there? Um, yeah, more or less. I think I think you know the the hard thing to do, and and some, sometimes what you've got to do as a coach is when you're talking to people on social media. Sometimes you've got to give them what they want first before you can give them what they need. So sometimes to actually get them to want to work with you, you've got to you've got to kind of sell that that weight loss that people are after. And then when you actually work with them, you've got to try and coach them to understand why they are what the way they are and that it is okay to eat things. It is okay to eat meals that maybe other people seem as bad or, or naughty and things like that. And, and it's a difficult balance at times. Yeah, for sure. 
I think we we do have to be careful, particularly on social media, not to show something that might trigger something else in somebody. And I think that's where, you know, the text that goes along with a transformation picture is, is very, very important. So not kind of homing in on the fact that somebody's lost weight and therefore look better um homing in on the other aspects that they you know they feel better and they are healthier because they have lost fat that they needed to lose fat because at the end of the day people need to remember that if you have excess fat it can be unhealthy and it is you your health markers go up with fat loss and i think we need to remember that as well um if somebody is obese they need to lose weight for health reasons um but i think a lot of times people are kind of guilty of just promoting the fact that they look better not us i mean in general the fitness industry but i think the diet culture really comes into play with i won't name them but slimming clubs which are very very well known a lot of a lot of those types of um diets kind of prey on the fact that people don't feel good enough and people feel fat and um i think that is the that is the problem because they will literally have an advert that might say do you hate your body would you like to lose two stone Mm. and it's that that is the 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 damaging diet culture that we're particularly talking about and it's those slimming clubs that you know they come away somebody comes away and yes they've lost fat but they'll come away feeling a certain way about foods how they feel about exercise how they feel about the scales and it's our job to kind of rectify that and I think I think we do promote a good balance of you know we we help people get results in 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 a sense of aesthetics because at the end of the day that's still an element people still want to look a bit better and that's absolutely fine but what I think we try and promote is to do that out of a place of love instead of hate. And I think diet culture promotes self-hate and getting results because you hate your body instead of because you're looking after it and because you love it. And I always talk about the fact that you can still have self-love and want to change, but it's about getting that into somebody else's head, which can be quite difficult. I think um, along with that, you know, I can, I can empathise with some of the people who who run the slimming clubs. Maybe not the people at the top, because I think the way they market, I think they they know what they're doing. But I think a lot of the people who run some of the slimming clubs that kind of breed that culture, it's in a lot of instances they just probably don't. Yeah, know I agree. You know, they've, they've, that's just what they know. They've probably been through that process themselves. Probably still struggle a lot of the time uh, with weight loss and weight gain and things and that they just don't know any better. Um, I think we've just lost Steve. I think he's gone, but we'll see if he can drop back yeah. in. Well, yeah, I agree. Like, um, I, I know, I, I know like Slimming Club reps um, and a lot of them end up coming to us. Um, I have had Slimming Club rep- representatives who are in charge of educating X amount of people and they don't have a clue about nutrition and they're not trained to like you could just decide to become a slimming club rep and you're just accepted and not trained in anything they t- they're trained on how to weigh somebody and what to say if someone asks a question about that specific diet but that's about it 
So I agree. I don't think it's, I mean, I do think they do have a responsibility to learn a bit more and maybe they don't, but I do think they are very, very uneducated and that is the problem. Um, and yeah. it is a, it's a money making thing as is everybody. Everybody sells fat loss to make money, but it's about looking after your clients on a totally holistic point of view rather than just for results. And that's, yeah. I think like I am somebody who has probably got it wrong in the past. You know, I, I competed competitively in a bodybuilding show and I probably in that particular moment in time promoted my results to um, sort of say, you know, look, I, I can get you to this level. I can get you to lose fat. I probably did do that in the past. Um, and I'll probably continue to get it wrong, but I think it's just important that you continue to educate yourself and realize these things and a lot of people aren't there yet and they're still doing it wrong but I don't know maybe it's our job to point that out yeah I think there is there is a big struggle as well when um men and women but I think the nature of the slimming clubs often aims towards females yeah and and particularly so it's probably 70% of my client base is female. So it, it, maybe I just see more of it, I don't know. But when you start working with someone who's maybe had that diet culture for 20 years, 30 years, however long, trying to unpick some of those things is really, really difficult. Because some, sometimes my approach can be quite uh, logical and quite you know, process-based at times and there are certain things i might ask people to do but they've just got such a fear of doing it so they're used to just getting weird once a week for instance but getting weird once a week doesn't really paint much of a picture it's probably better to not get weird or to get weird more regularly than that and when you when i when i try and implement those sort of changes it's just a pure fear system of, of kind of getting weird more regularly or just getting weird in general that's been built up by diet and culture yeah. as well am i am i back Hello? Hello? You are back. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. Yeah, we were just kind of touching mainly on, like, the, the slimming clubs, Steve, mm. and how that's kind of where we feel is, I guess, the problem at the moment. But we kind of touched on the fact that these reps who, who are heads of these slimming clubs are, are quite often just uneducated. Um, and it's... It's the fault of probably the people at the top who promote these these slimming clubs. They don't have a system in place to educate their reps on on dieting or yeah. how to diet out of love for your body instead of hate, things like that. Yeah, totally. Um, but I, again, I mean, we we've already touched on it, and we're not we don't want to beat ourselves up, but. The fitness industry has been a, a part of it as well. Um, you know, P, PTs, probably some of us, and I think you've already touched on it, but, you know, we've probably been guilty ourselves of focusing too much on on how people look. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what I was going to say, is it a big argument against dieting is the, the sort of healthier every, every size um, movement? Um, what's your guys take on that you know I think that I definitely think that it's 
it's detrimental to health to worry about how you look all the time um, and to hate your body. And I think that um, people people who um, with obesity, so getting the language right, sorry. So people with obesity or with overweight um, can have, you know, decent health markers. It really depends on it. There are obviously a lot of variables at play. Um, but somebody who isn't kind of obsessing over, over how they look and worrying about that and hating themselves is going to be healthier than somebody who is. Yeah. I think on, on the topic of kind of um, loving yourself at any sort of size or however it's called now, um, it's all about extremes, really. And you've got people who at the extreme of being in a position where you have put on a lot of weight or you, you've become obese and that's being promoted as being healthy now. But then you've also got the flip side where you can open a, a, another magazine, for instance, and you've got someone who's super thin and overly thin. Um, and that is also promoted as being healthy when really it's everything that's in the middle of that. So it's the, the extremes that are always mm. quite dangerous, really. But I think, Nina, you did um, you did a post the other week, didn't you? And you were getting people's opinion on whether, I can't remember what magazine it was, but I mean, you could probably tell the story better about a magazine and the cover model was they were probably clinically yeah. obese, I would have thought. And you asked for people's opinions on it, whether it was healthy or not. Yeah, so it was the uh, the Cosmopolitan. Um, the actual article, I don't know if you guys actually read it, but the article was, was quite good. So it showed, I guess, women mainly that were um, to look at, you would assume were overweight, like they had... Um, I wouldn't say they weren't obese by any means, but they had extra weight to carry. Um, but they were female like rugby players and very, very healthy, very fit, very strong. And it, the basis of the magazine article was like, you know, to look at that person in everyday clothes, you might assume unhealthy because they were carrying excess weight. Whereas if you actually dig deeper and look in their background, they're actually very healthy women. And it was basically trying to say that like, you know, you can't base somebody's health on how they look and I completely agreed with it mm. but then the front of the magazine was was kind of a different story so it was a picture of somebody who was I would say obese um, maybe even clinically and the caption under it was this is healthy and that's where they kind of got it wrong for me because that well as Joe said that was an extreme level that 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 level of obesity would not be healthy and we know this by a lot of backed up evidential proof that you know if her health mark her health markers would improve 100% if she'd have lost fat um but I made the point similarly that if there was an extremely lean ripped bodybuilder you would also assume that person was probably healthy and they probably aren't at an extreme level of body fat particularly a female she probably wouldn't have a period and that is unhealthy so it was kind of I was trying to, like Joe said, um, talk about the middle ground, like people in the middle of that spectrum would have varying levels of health and it isn't dependent on how you look at all. Yeah, I think a lot of time magazines, tabloids, really like that, they, they need that attention grabber, which is what that photo was. And the, 
the 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 word on the on the cover of the magazine was what draws the attention to it so they can tell maybe a different story inside um and it's similar to what you know it's just kind of marketing really I and mean, you've got to be aware of it and we 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 sometimes have to use similar techniques to get people like i said earlier to get people's attention so that you can then kind of tell your story and say what you really mean after that otherwise you don't get you, you might still get people to listen yeah definitely i think that i was talking to you guys last week on the phone saying i am struggling to to know where i fit i'm very consciously thinking about the posts that i put out there and worrying about triggering people who who do have a lot of self-hate or maybe it's a picture of the girl that I prep for instance I'm prepping somebody for a bodybuilding show right now and I like to she likes me to share a lot of stuff and I share a lot of stuff and but I'm very conscious of the fact that that might upset somebody else and I got myself in a little bit of a a bit of a tiz over it I guess but then I'm slowly realizing that I know how good we are as three as coaches and that we will take somebody on and look at them holistically and help them with every aspect of health um but i guess it's about getting that across on social media which can be quite difficult and i think a lot of pts will struggle to do that yeah so that kind of brings me on to the next little bit then so how how do the three of us as coaches help people with these problems that you know we, they want to lose weight for whatever reason they've got their own reason for that how do we help people how have we helped people in the past balance the fact that they want to lose weight while still kind of unpicking some of these programs that they've built in over the years and getting them to appreciate that you know they are just human they can still enjoy foods without feeling bad about them they can still look at themselves and be happy with how they are physically without continually wanting to change something to lose more weight i think one of the one of the main tactics that i've used for a, quite a while is um looking for every small win um so you know weight loss can be hard um fat loss can be hard and if that's the only consideration then you, you know when you when you do check-ins and stuff like that, that's the only thing you look at. Oh, you didn't lose weight this week, and then that's it. That's not a very you know beneficial um, way to go. I, I just because that's going to bring feelings of failure, um, which is probably what people are you know having any problems with anyway. So looking for any small win through the week. Um, whatever it is so when somebody says oh i've i've increased my steps or i did this or um i managed to have uh, i went to a birthday and i had one slice of cake um and felt satisfied with that rather than what i used to do where i'd eat i couldn't stop eating it you know when that's a big win but you know highlighting highlighting those things um and then when when somebody highlights it themselves, making a big deal out of it. So it's very apparent and it's not just weight loss that's at the forefront of their minds. Yeah, for sure. What about yourself? Nina? Yeah, definitely. Sort of I think um, I ask a lot of questions. I think it's important for, I, I can, I'm guilty of um, being a bit of a rescuer and I'm very aware of it. Um, as a coach so constantly giving solutions and I'm trying to not do that as much and I think 
helping people come up with their own solutions is probably more powerful because it comes innately from them instead of me telling them what to do. Mm. So just asking the right questions, I think, is very, very important in coaching and particularly around body positivity and self-love. Um, like even as much as just changing a check-in form to ask a couple of questions about, you know, what are you, what do you pr- appreciate about your body this week? What do you, what are you thankful for this week? Questions like that to try and, and it, it might even be subconscious at first for people um, to start seeing their body in a different light. So that's kind of um, what I've been doing quite recently. Yeah, I think coaching in itself is um, is a difficult thing with people. Um, and it's, again, it's sometimes you, you have to give people the answer because they just need to know something right there and then. Um, but where you can, you need to try and get them to help themselves and figure it out for themselves. So ask them the right sort of questions to dig into it so they can come up with the answer. Normally gets a lot more buy-in from them as well. I think, Steve, that's probably something I learned from you. When when you used to mentor me as a PT, you, you never really used to tell me what to do for my I business or things like me. that. But you used to just <laughs> ask me. You probably didn't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, worked anyway. So, yeah, you just used to ask me, um, you know, what can you do to improve this next yeah. week and all of those sort of questions and get got me to think for myself because the yeah. answers are always there within you um nine times out of ten but sometimes people do just need that nudge which is why they have coaches and things because they do need that that knowledge that you might have to be able to impart on them to to let them let them do yeah, that thing and, they need to do important when if you are a client or you're working with clients autonomy is is massive you know people like to feel in control even though they've come to a coach just being dictated to might work short term but eventually you know a little bit of choice and a little bit of autonomy goes a long way um and to go back to your your point before about some people do need to just be be told something um what i would tend to do with that is give them like three options so you could you could do because we know with you know with weight loss there's or diet or, or, or let's not just talk about weight loss all the time or getting fitter there's there's a lot of different ways you can do these things. So I would say option A, B or C, tell them about them. Which one do you think would fit better with you? So they still get yeah. that choice. It's, it's, it's you know, going back a, a few sentences to what you said, similar, I liken, I liken that sort of scenario to a lot of people when they come to us, they want to be told exactly what to eat. They want to set meal plan. They want to be told what to eat, but that's not really what they want. They think they do, and that's what you can even give them at first because you have to sometimes give people what they want before you can give them what they need. Um, but after a little while, they, they realize that they need to be able to make their own choices about what they mm. want to eat. And that probably instance. has come from diet culture because you do sign up to these slimming clubs, and that is exactly what they do. They give you a set diet, a set amount of rules like this is a sin and this is okay which obviously promotes a lot of restrictive eating um but that's a different subject um isn't that just such a bad bad thing in itself <laughs> this, this food is a sin that banana yeah. is a sin only, yeah only if it's uh up, uh, is that is that right yeah yeah 
but that is essentially yeah, yeah. what these Crazy. dying clubs do they give set set things so then that that person then is is trained to believe that they can only get results if they are on a set structured thing um and they've got no autonomy on that yeah well i mean there's there's plenty of coaches i've seen outside of diet clubs that that will hand somebody a a meal plan um oh absolutely you know, that's where this this kind of yeah. can i have a meal plan kind of thing comes from um and there's no autonomy there no no mm-hmm. skill building um and a lot of the diet plans certainly from if you think 10 even 10 years ago everyone was on chicken and rice weren't they broth yeah and they, they can be quite damaging restrictive diet plans you know i've experienced i'm sure you two have experienced either with yourselves or with clients and i was having this conversation this morning um and the person i was talking to they were they were given a, a plan we'll say by someone who's really well known in the industry really well thought of you know probably a million followers or close to that and the plan was you know it was chicken, broccoli, however many times a day for two weeks. Um, it was exercising three times a day. And when this person approached the coach to say, like, look, it's been two weeks. Can I change it up? They're like, no, it's working. We're just going to keep it the same. It's like there was no, it was just so rigid. Um, and even the exercise, they had an injury at one point and they were getting humiliated because they couldn't exercise. Why have you not been at the gym? It's been three days while well, I'm injured. Well, it's not good enough. You need to come. You're not committed enough. You don't want it enough. Wow. Um, that can be really damaging. That can really feed like eating disorders and you know a negative body image. I think that's, and that's else. Um, a big thing in bodybuilding as well, because as much as it's a sport, and I do feel like it's a, a different kind of metric to the average person, because you do have to be a lot more disciplined. And but I think with um, with comp prep, that can that's why it results in so many dis- well disordered eating as opposed to eating disorders. But I mean, obviously, it can do that as well. Um, but because they're so used to sticking to such a rigid plan, once they are allowed autonomy, it kind of all goes up in the air and they end up with really disordered eating. But I think um, that's what I've done differently with Rachel as well, my comp prep athlete. I've given her a lot of freedom. She is essentially on flexible dieting, um, but I will give her a meal plan probably the last six weeks of show, but six weeks out of however long we've been in prep, hopefully won't be too too bad for her but it's about having those different clients and know knowing what's what and how to get results with somebody without upsetting their mindset I guess yeah definitely um okay that was kind of diet culture in a nutshell and we probably went off a little bit at times we had a few questions come in uh, for things that people would like to hear us talk about. Um, first one was came through you, Nina, I believe, and it was about having an underactive thyroid and trying to lose weight. Um, yeah, it's a it's first thing is basically if you've been diagnosed with an underactive thyroid, then um, you should have had obviously blood tests to diagnose that and um, should be put on medication for it, usually thyroxine. And in general, if you are on the correct dosage of thyroxine, it would bring you back to baseline. But I am under the understanding that that can take some time to get the right dosage. 
Um, but once that happens, really, you you are no different to anybody else trying to lose fat. Um, you, like I say, the thyroxin actually brings you back to, to baseline. So then it's just... Oh, have I gone off? Okay, sorry. Hello. Um, then it's just the normal methods of dieting that anybody else would would implement. Um, there's no different protocol to it. However, the um, I guess what runs against you when you have an underactive thyroid is the fatigue. So um, it is just allowing yourself that understanding that you probably will be tireder than the average person whilst you're working out the dosage and things like that and giving yourself a little bit of a break for that um you will have to fight harder against fatigue than the average person um until that dosage is is correct yeah i think from just this is again this is anecdotal this is from experience of of talking to people and 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 see and seeing things um a lot of the time when someone might have a condition like an under underactive thyroid they can then start telling themselves because of because of the symptoms of it even if they become medicated they can start telling themselves well I'm, i've got an underactive thyroid i can't lose weight so then they start acting like someone who can't lose weight and it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in some cases so that's just something that people have to be mindful of as well as how how they talk to yeah, themselves or the things this year. Yeah. i remember years ago before i knew anything i used to tell people to eat brazil nuts if they had an underactive thyroid <laughs> and i can't even remember why now nice is that iodine <laughs> or something in them possibly i can't really remember but i remember that was my solution Brazil nuts, get some Brazil nuts into your diet. <laughs> mm. yeah. I can only imagine it. Iodine's meant to be good for the thyroid, I think. Yeah, it is. Pretty sure it is. Um, another question. Yeah. I think we've got time for one or two more. Um, how much cardio is too much cardio? This is probably a one that's very specific to any one individual like the answer for you might be different to the answer to me than anyone listening but it's all going to depend on what your goals are um what your previous experience of exercises and yeah just specifically what your goals are like there is no set amount of cardio that is too much um but i guess if we're looking at the the typical person who's maybe doing cardio to lose weight for instance it's about just doing enough to get the job done. And if you do too much, it can become detrimental and you can become overly tired, overly fatigued and overly hungry and end up eating more, for instance. You can run the risk of being more injured by doing too much, which can then put you back for a few days or, or longer. Um, so it's a hard question, question for me to answer because it is quite specific to any one person's goals. Uh, but it is, again, it's just about <coughs> balance, doing enough to get a result but not doing too much that it just to give it some context Joe, well. i think the, the girl that asked this question she um she's a runner so she she enjoys running but she also likes to um mm. weight train and she likes to have a quite a muscular fatigue uh, muscular physique like not overly muscular just kind of that i guess that has the quotation mark toned look 
And I think she worries quite often that she runs too much in order to gain muscle. Okay, so in this instance, specifically for this person, she enjoys running, she enjoys jogging, she enjoys being outside. There is no reason to stop that. If you enjoy doing something, continue doing it. What the and if she enjoys kind of weight training and wants to maintain a physique that looks defined, for instance, we'll call it, um, then it is just going to be about balancing maybe the nutrition. Because one thing that doing a lot of cardio, a lot of running does is it burns a lot of calories. And if your goal is to maintain muscle mass, you don't want to be burning too many calories because you will start eating into muscle. So it's just making sure that our nutrition is up to point with um, with the amount of exercise that she's doing. And she probably also wants to look at when she's doing weightlifting and when she's doing cardio. So that, for instance, if, if, if one of our goals is to get stronger or for hypertrophy, that she's not becoming overly tired, that she can't work efficiently and hard enough and perform well when she's training weights as well. So there should be adequately spaced out probably yeah. so that she can perform well. Yeah, each. Um, it, I mean, it might not be helpful, but I was just going to say it, the, uh, it depends what you can recover from. So if you can recover from it, it's probably okay. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of examples of, yeah. of um, hybrid athletes um, out there at the moment who do things like, I don't know, do like a, a, a marathon after doing a deadlift PR kind of thing. It, it, there's, um, I can't remember their names, but uh, but yeah, they, they lift, they're muscular, but they also can, can run a marathon straight after, so. Um, yeah, and there'll be a lot of CrossFitters. Uh, yeah, would be quite yeah. similar to that as well. So, I would imagine, like you say, um, if you can recover from it, then you're probably okay. I mean, if you look at Olympians, you know, um, probably maybe not so much the long distance, the really long distance runners, but they do a lot of everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head with recovery, being able to recover from something. We, in the gym that we were at, we used to have um, Team GB Rome. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember them, Steve. They used to come in and train. And um, the, those guys, they, they would train an insane amount. They'd be training for seven or eight hours a day. But the important thing to realise is they didn't start training seven hours a day as a beginner. Yeah. They probably started training three times a week, then five, then a couple of times a day, and then build it up over years. Um, which you know that the adaptation of their body yeah, has enabled them to and be able probably to do that a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, there are a few more questions, but I yeah. think we can leave yeah, them for another day. We done. We've done what fifty minutes, forty-five minutes. 45, yeah, about forty-five minutes. 45. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So then, just to just to wrap up then, for anyone listening again, if you have anything you'd like us to cover, any questions you want answering, feel free to get in touch with us via any of our social media channels. Um, and if you enjoy the podcast, give them a like, give them a share, download hey, them, yeah. and recommend them to friends. Awesome. Thanks, Thank guys. You. We will Bye. speak again on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.